Welcome to the Epic Agent Success Podcast with your hosts, Jerry Weaver and Jacoby Kendrick. This podcast is dedicated to newer agents in the business who want the fast track to success. 90% of agents fail in their first year of business. Our goal is to help guide your journey away from the common mistakes most agents make and help you grow and build your business to epic levels you know you're capable of and desire. All right, what's going on, everybody? I want to welcome you to the Epic Agent Success Podcast. I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Jerry. And uh, we just got back from a very, very special time down in Florida. Jerry and I just went to see our man, who we talk about a lot here in the podcast, Tony Robbins. It was Jerry's first time seeing Tony. This is my third, fourth, maybe fifth time. Actually, it's not your first time seeing Tony. You've seen him before. Yeah. First time at UPW, which is Unleash the Power Within, one of uh, Tony's awesome programs. I've been to two other times. And so, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, this is my fifth time to actually see Tony Robbins, third time in a long format. And so that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode is what did we get out of our experience at UPW? And then uh, we'll even share a little something that uh, we might want to, I guess, uh, nod our heads at or put our heads down. Uh, we'll share with you at the end of this episode and, and why we actually did that. So, yeah, let's break it all down. UPW, how was your first uh, experience with uh, Tony there? Wow, it's uh, it was crazy. Um like if you look at the whole big picture, like how much gets crammed into four days. And I guess I don't know what I was thinking going in. You know, I'd seen Tony a couple times for four or five hours at a time. Um, but to see how he goes all out for, you know, 13, 14 hours, uh, especially that first day was just exhausting. At the end of that day, I just couldn't believe that we had gone through all of that in just one day. Yeah, exhausting is the exact way to explain it. I remember the first event I went to, that is exactly what I would say is it was exhausting. I couldn't believe it. I actually left the first day early because I was like, this is absolute madness. And I couldn't believe how one guy had so much energy. That's what was crazy to me. And he's so much older than me. I'm like, what is going on? This dude's got a ton more energy than me. He's older than me. And I just couldn't absolutely believe it. So that is, I will say that is, yeah, the craziest, craziest part about it, right? That dude's a freak. He a is, freak. Uh, I think Scott called him an alien. And that is for sure. He is something else off the charts. Yeah. And the crazy thing is he wasn't born like that, though, you know, and so he kind of goes through that whole story of of his life. I mean, he wasn't it's we often think people are born with these gifts or that they came out of the womb having this crazy energy and being successful. And that's not the case at all. He conditioned himself. He built himself up and he actually turned himself into the person that he is today. And that's really the most inspiring thing to me. Yes, for sure. So looking so back, thing- like it, it's really hard. Like, so if you look, we did the four days, right? And if you look back, like Friday, the Thursday, the first day seems like it was forever ago. Like I had to go back and really, you know, hone in on my notes and like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, like kind of refresh my memory as far as uh, how he took Thursday and then the rest of the weekend just stacked on top of that. 
Yeah, really wild experience. So we went to uh, Jerry and I were there from Thursday. The event was from Thursday through Sunday. It was in West Palm Beach. The one thing I'll ask you, because everybody, everybody I talk to now that, that knows that I went to this event, they go, oh, you all motivated now. And the crazy thing to me that I learned, especially, you know, if you watch Tony Robbins on YouTube or you watch, you know, little snippets, that is often what you think you're getting when you go to this event or you're going to go to it is like motivation, something to pump you up. But the big thing that I get from got from it is that he actually gives you actual techniques to change your life and uh, things that are going to be lasting that you're looking through. Why do you do certain things? Why do you think the way you do? And then how do you like rewire that to make it how you want it to be? So I guess I'll just ask you that. Is it was that a shock to you to see that or did you you might have already known that because you've already seen him a couple of times. But what are your takes on takes on that there? Yeah, I'm right with you. You know, people are I remember um, before I left, I was telling some of my buddies, uh, I've got a group of guys that I go out with every Wednesday night for dinner. And we were talking and telling I was going to Tony Robbins. And one of the guys is like, oh, you're going to come back all ready to go, you know, and that's not how this is. I can see that there's probably some people that are like that. But for me, my personal take on it was, you know, I was really motivated going in with what we've got going, like with the real estate team and at EXP and a couple of the other things that I've got going on. I mean, I'm, I've been extremely motivated here for a bit now. And I don't get that from Tony. I don't get like the motivation. Uh, what I get is clarity on what I need to be doing with that motivation. Yeah. And a lot of what you see is like a lot of jumping up and down. It's like a rock concert is probably how I would describe it. It's like really, really good. And so my personality is, is I'm like, man, I'm not like, I'm not wanting to jump up and down and, you know, be hoorahing and all that stuff. But there's a method behind the madness. And so kind of getting into what I take from these events every time that I go and the reason why I go is because you're really, you have a choice. And this is one of the things that I just really uh, honed in on is you have a choice between being positive and negative. You have a choice between being apathetic and actually being want, being motivated and moving into doing something. My old way of thinking was, is I never really thought I had a choice. I thought things happened to me. And even though I don't have that mindset now, you still get lulled into like slowly lulled into the fact of, oh, this is how things are. And, you know, just kind of going with the flow. And so the thing I love about this event is he gets you up jumping around going crazy, but there takes it takes energy to do that. And you have to make that a norm for yourself. Right. To go from like being down to being, you know, motivated or being in a different state. And so that's one of the things he talked about is being in a beautiful state. Yeah. So that's really what I get from is being able to switch from <clears throat> off to on basically, you know? Well, and how fast uh, he says that you can condition yourself to change. The one thing that, you know, talking about that state, the, the biggest thing that I took from Thursday was the amount of time he's willing to spend on a topic. And so some people I think would feel if you're not there, like, Oh, how's he going to talk for four hours on state, you know, your state of mind, your state of, you know, your feelings and uh, your emotions. How's he going to talk about that? Cause most coaches or seminars you're going to go to, they're going to say, okay, you know, if you, if your main 
driving, you know, motivation or, you know, emotion is anger. You know, you really can't be angry in that situation. So you got to find something to, you know, snap out of that and you got to, you know, um, you don't want to be angry. So you got to find, you know, angry. So you want to find something to replace it. He like spends four or five hours training you how to do that. And he just sits on a topic. Like he's not so worried about getting onto the next thing that he is really present in the moment of here's what we're trying to accomplish. And from me, my perspective on Thursday was Thursday was, you know, from 11 a.m. to 1 a.m. was specifically about being able to change your state of mind, change the state that you're in. If you're, you know, if your main motivation or your main emotion is anger, what is it that triggers the anger? What is it that brings that up? How does your body react to the anger? And like I was telling with you, like, like mine is angry. And like, every time I do it, like I, uh, when I get angry at something, I stick my tongue out, like I bite. And just so this tip of my tongue sticks out of my mouth. And <clears throat> that's how my family and everybody around me knows that I'm really angry in that situation. I can't play it off. And so what do I do with that? When I feel that, where do I go? Do I, do I elevate on that? Or do I take that as the trigger to do something internally to get me going in a different direction so I control being angry or not. Yeah. And the thing with that is whenever you're angry or you're in these negative emotions, I guess you could call them is you're not resourceful, right? You're not resourceful. You're basically Mm -hmm. blocking off opportunities that are going to come to you and to be able to be open to other things. And so that's why you want to be in those in a beautiful state as he calls it. Right. Every time I come away from these things, I always end up learning, knowing that I need to pay more attention to my kids, because the one thing that uh, they often bring up is like your kids can be in a certain situation and they can be upset one second and happy the next and, you know, even crying the next or ecstatic in the next moment. Obviously, you want to stay in those beautiful states that he talked about. But it's just being seeing that you can switch in and out like in an instant. You know, that's what the crazy thing to me is, is that and and really for me, I I think the thing that I thought about this time is like I often dwell on things longer than I need to, because I think that's going to help me not make that same mistake in the future. It's like, man, I really need to learn from this. Like I need to wallow in this situation and in this emotion that I'm in, because that's going to that makes me feel as though like if it happens again, then I'm going to be able to recognize it in the next time. But that's actually not the case. You know, you can do that in an instant. Okay, this happened and I learned from it and now on to the next. And now let's start living how we need to live and start working to improve what we need to improve rather than just sitting and wallowing in whatever that is. Plus, it also makes me feel good. Right. He talked about your emotional home. And so now what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make my emotional home a, a different situation, not wallowing in, you know, the, the negative and all that stuff. I actually had a good chance to uh, work on this this week because I probably had one of the worst transactions I've had mm-hmm. in my real estate career. And so uh, I w- I've been able to work through that and work on like being in a certain state rather than being negative And I'm just going to say pissy <laughs> throughout this transaction. So is this the one you were dealing with over the weekend? What's that? That that same one with the repairs you were dealing with over the weekend? Yeah, the same one I was dealing with over the weekend. It was just crazy. And so a really good time to to practice all those things. 
So you, you mentioned that you need to look at your kids more. And then you went in to tell a story about how like you, you tend to wallow or sit in the negative state. Like how, what are you talking about? You need to look at your kids and then like, what's their example of not sitting in that, that emotional yeah, So basically state. what it is, let's just say, you know, I can, I can just see a picture of me walking into, we have a, we have two living areas at our house, right? One, we call it the playroom because our, my kids do school in there and all that. We got a, like a foosball table in there, their desk in there. And so I'll like walk in and who knows, they might have like spaghetti thrown on the wall or just doing something crazy that nine-year-old, seven-year-old boys do. And I'm just, I just be like, Hey, don't like, why did you do that? Why are you, what is going on? And so like, he's like, I, I don't know. I don't know why I did it. And then, uh, you know, they'll like kind of look down for a little bit. And then like literally two seconds later, they're like, good to go on to the next thing. It's like, okay, like I messed that up, whatever, on to the next. And for me, I'm always thinking, I'm like, no, you need to think about this. You did that wrong. You sit there and you change your demeanor and you think about it. Like, it's like, I expect them to be sad and like, think about how they either upset me or did something wrong, but they're automatically onto the next thing. And uh, that's really, that's really the point. Yeah. I'm trying to make It's like, they just switch so quickly. Or if they're sad about something, I can try to tell them a joke and they go immediately to laughing. You know, it's like, if somebody tries to tell me a joke after something bad happened, I'm like, dude, leave me alone. Let me, let me be in my feelings for at least the next 30 30 to 45 minutes before you try to like cheer me up or whatever, you know? Yeah. So uh, going back to Thursday, what was the culmination? Uh, How'd we end the day of changing our state? Yeah. So Thursday, it kind of, it starts out with like the big event that everybody always talks about, right? Whenever you go to this, this UPW event, you're, everybody's talking about walking on fire. That's the thing that you're going to do. You're going to walk on fire. You're going to be a firewalker. Oh, the firewalk and uh, the firewalk happens on the first night, the very first night. And um, the, really the first, the whole first day is about, it's about fear. You know, it's about fear. And how do we deal with fear? Does fear stop you or are you actually using fear to your advantage? And so that's really what, uh, what we talked about really the whole time or a lot of the time there on, on the first day on Thursday. And so you're never going to get rid of fear, but you've got to dance. You know, I've got the, I've got the uh, picture in my head because Tony had a guy, he picked a guy out of the audience and he had the guy hold on to his wrist and the guy was like pulling him around. And then he's like, you know, if you, if you try to pull away from it, it's got control over you. But if you actually guide it and move it around, and he was doing this demonstration with a guy in the audience, and he was actually moving him around almost like they were dancing, the guy still had the same grip on his wrist. He's like, then you can actually use fear to your advantage and, um, you know, get done what you want to get done. Because we, we're given fear for a reason, right? It's not a bad thing. You can't yeah. think of fear as a bad thing. That's the way you're made. That's the way you were designed. Fear actually keeps you alive, you know? But- the point with the with the firewalk is, is, you know, you get all this training in the beginning. I guess I say all this training. It's not a ton of training, right? It wasn't a ton of training on how to walk on fire. Do you think? Uh, it was about an hour. And I only know that because how, so it's 11 o'clock at night. Right. And so we're going through this training and <clears throat> Holly's texting me. 
or she tried to call me, which she, you know, she knows she knew I was there. And so that was weird that she was calling me. So I'm like, oh man, something's got to be wrong. And then she texts me, Hey, I got to talk to you ASAP. So I'm like, which I don't ever get that text. And I'm like, okay, well, it's not 911. Right. And then we had that where the cell reception in the room was terrible. And so, <laughs> yeah. like, I sent her a text back and it wasn't going through, but I didn't want to leave the room because he's talking about what we got to do to walk on fire. And uh, so I didn't want to miss any of that. And uh, so, yeah, it was about an hour of just kind of going through how to do it. Yeah. So you get an hour of training. All right. So in the grand scheme of things, an hour of training to walk on fire to me is absolutely nothing. It's absolutely nothing. Right. But the main thing I think here, the main takeaway I got from it. So even after the event's over and we're, you know, we're back back home or whatever, and you're sitting in with your thoughts is um, you've got to prepare for whatever is coming up. You have to be prepared for that. But the one thing that that Tony said is like once you step up to the fire, like you don't you don't look down. You don't look down at the fire. He's like you look up. You look up and you just walk. You don't you're not running, but you're basically moving with a purpose is how we called it in the military. You're moving with a purpose and uh you get to the other side. And so the key takeaways I took from that is is that he, he Tony has this thing where he says, make your move. So you make your move and you get in state and then you start and then you go. Well, the point you're making is, is when my mind tells my body to go, we're going like my mind, your mind's like, oh, he's serious. Your body's like, oh, he's serious. Let's go. And then you take off walking and then you get to the other side and you celebrate. And the thing I got from that is, is that, you know, the how does not it matters but it doesn't matter as much you need to have your eye on the goal and it's really the thing we've been you and i have been training about over the past probably six to seven months is when you set something up we immediately think of how are we going to get this done well it it doesn't matter how you're going to get it done the how is going to come and so that's one of the key metaphors i got from the firewalk is just that he said, do not look down. You look up, you say cool moss as you're walking by because, you know, that's the thing you want in your head. And then once you get across, it's like, man, I might not have done everything exactly correct, but I made it and now I'm celebrating. And I think that's the thing that I'm taking away from that to what I want to implement in my life at the moment. Right. Yeah. When you talked about the fear, uh, he used that, uh, you know, our brains were created to, you know, protect us from saber tooth tigers. We don't have saber tooth tigers anymore. So, but our brain is not designed to do all the things that you necessarily want to do to go after your dreams. Your brain's designed to keep you safe and keep you alive. And so you have to have these conversations with your brain that, you know, and so the picture, the way I see it is the picture that I want my life to look like is a lot bigger then sometimes the picture my brain lets me, you know, lets me think of it is the other thing back to being that this was my first time walking on the fire. Like everybody was hyping it up and I couldn't understand why. Like it, to me, it wasn't a big deal. Thousands of people have done it. So that is what it is. And, and I thought like my vision of it was, okay, this is just an exercise that, you know, he has people do. It's not, you know, like, you know, I don't know whether the, the coals have already been out there for a while. So they're <laughs> cooling down and that, you know, you're going to have wet your feet. And so as he's talking about it, that was the first time I got a little bit nervous about it. 
like it was never in a question like I'm not going to do it or don't want to do it. But it was the first time I started thinking like, oh, well, maybe. And then when I got out there, it was legit red hot coals. Like when you're standing <laughs> next to it, it's hot. And so I was explaining this to Cooper last night. On we were we were, we got about a half hour where we were driving to his training, and uh, I was explaining to him, and he goes, "Well, how does it like what? How does it work? What's the science behind it?" I, go, I have no idea. <laughs> like I have no idea. I just know that I did everything he said, and I got across, and I was fine. So I don't get it. Um, but it's not like. It was just some like gray coals that have been cooled down. I mean, they were like fresh, red hot coals and walked right across it. Yeah, I was shocked because I, I like asked you, I was like, hey, are you like, what do you think of the firewalk thing? You're just like, eh. and I'm like, what? Like everybody else I've been with, they are like, they are worried about it. But yeah, it's, I think that's a good, because even for me, like I've done it two other times, right? So I wasn't worried about it, but. When you actually get out there and right before you walk, that's why I said it's a good point. Like you have to train your body and your mind together. It's like, hey, when I say we're doing this, we're doing it. And that was the other take. That was why that takeaway is so big for me and why I like to keep coming to this event because I got out there and then I got up to the front. I'm like, okay, this, yeah, I've done this before, but it is fire. And like, what happens if, you know, I haven't been burned twice before, but what happens if I get burned this time, right? And then so you've got to snap yourself out of that. And it's the same thing we do every day. So we have I have little things in my business that I do that with. Right. I've done these things every day or I've done them over and over. But then, you know, for some reason, I'm not doing them right now. So or I say I'm going to wake up at a certain time. But my mind says yes. But my body says no. How do I train my body to do what my mind says and so that's kind of what uh, what that exercise is kind of helping helping yep. you do. So now we're oh, I will say the other thing, too, is everybody's reaction to this fire walk is different. Right. So I had a there was a girl in front of me. She they tell you don't run across. I'm assuming if you run, you might get I'm sure that's probably not good. I don't know. I don't know the science behind it, but she basically runs across the coals. Myself, I'm like, okay, I'm not running, but I'm also not, you know, lollygagging around. So I get through, I go first. And then Jerry comes through and I'm like, Jerry is probably, you You walked the slowest I've ever seen anyone walk on those, on the coals. And I, the hard part is, is it's dark out there. I wish it was like more light outside because so you could like video it. But I have a video in my brain of you walking across the coals because you have your head up. And uh, it's like you're I I just see like your arms moving and you were walking so slow. I'm like, man, he is going to burn his I'm like, his feet are going to be done. I just couldn't believe how slow you walked across it. Man. It was wild. <laughs> see, to me, it didn't seem slow. It seemed like I got to the end quick. Like it all, you know, it's all so fast. And, you know, I guess time's not really thing because I didn't think I was I just wanted to be deliberate and um because somebody that I know who had done it before said, you know, don't go too fast. And so I guess I took that too literal. Don't don't go too fast. Enjoy the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh, I got yeah. to the so end, anyway. they stop you. And then they, you know, then you have to wipe your feet off. Like I got to the end, I thought it was quick. So, yeah. So that was the firewalk. Absolutely amazing. Good experience. And uh, one thing, the other thing I will say that I liked about the first day. So Tony had this. He had this, uh, he calls it the success cycle. And so there's like four different quadrants for things. And so you have potential, 
And then from potential, you go to action. And then from action, he calls it massive action, right? You have your potential and potential for everyone is there's no cap on your potential, on anybody's potential. And then you have to take action from that potential that you have. And he says you have to take massive action. And then once you take action, you get results and you get results based on the actions that you take. And then from those results, you get your belief or he calls certainty. You do things when you feel certain about something, which is one thing that I don't hear a lot of people talking about is certainty. But he talks about certainty quite a bit. And when you think about it, yeah, I do things when I feel like I know they can be done. And then when they can't be done, I have to feel as though I can get those things done. Right. So there anytime you do something, for instance, like winning, we'll just use like football, winning the Super Bowl or whatever else you can see yourself winning the Super Bowl, right? So that's why you would actually go after it because you can see yourself actually doing it. And he says, part of the thing we were training all weekend is that results piece, right? Because based on the results you get, you're gonna take more action based on that. And so the question he asked us is, is how can you get results in advance? Like, how can you, how can you, build your belief and your certainty about something before it even happens. And so I think those are the two things that you can really start to control are like the action that you take and then the results that you get. And if you can help, if you can start to build those results beforehand, that's going to build up on your certainty and your belief. And this goes back to some of the stuff we've been talking through. And I know we've been working through it is having this vision of what you want your future to look like. And he told the story about there's, I think it was a stretch of road in Idaho or something that was just super flat. And there's like telephone poles every hundred yards. And they did a story on how many people have swerved off that road and hit telephone poles. And they did an aerial shot, like of all the people that slam on their brakes and they all like the skid marks go right into the pole. And people in the story, in the news story say, Oh, I was looking at that pole and I was trying to avoid it. You know, it's like you, you hit what you're looking at. And so we're not trained to look at the future and how we want it. We're, you know, we're trained to look at what we're trying to avoid and that's how we naturally think. So, you know, I don't want to get in the car accident. You get in the car accident. I don't want to, you know, like how many times do you hear like that happened exactly like I said, it was going to happen. You know, like or I knew, I knew like, that was going to happen. I knew that, you know, like just my luck. You know, like those kind of things. You hear that all the time. And so having this vision of what you want your life to look like or what you want the outcome to look like before you do it and then focusing and believing on that. And the other piece to that was nothing holds the logic that we think it holds to. So like in that, you know, you're talking about certainty and belief and you want to have certainty and belief before you act. But the certainty and belief, the certainty and belief comes from acting. Once you, you know, produce the action, that's going to create the certainty or, you know, man, I just want to have, you know, a great relationship. Oh, you know, like I think one of my kids who's like talking about, you know, he wants to, you know, the type of marriage and the type of family that he wants to have. And he focuses on that. And that's what we do. Right. It's not just him. We all do that. But he needs to focus on the piece of him being the best part of that relationship 
And so if you're not focusing on the relationship, you're focusing on the other part, you're going to get the relationship. And that's just how it works. It doesn't work. You don't get what you focus on. So you're focusing on the certainty. I need to have certainty. You're not going to get it by focusing on that. You've got to focus on something else. And then the certainty comes. Yeah, which goes back to our fire walk, right? Don't focus on the fire, focus on getting to the other side, yeah. you know? So one of the one of the exercises, there's so much stuff in all these days, right? But one of the other things that sticks out to me from that is like he always says, where your focus goes, where energy goes, where your focus is at, right? Focus goes where energy flows. And uh, we talked about like the past, the present and the future. Do you Do you focus most of your time in the past? Do you focus most of the time in the present or do you focus your time in the future? And for myself, what I found is that I focus a lot of my time. I don't focus on the past because I'm like, man, I can't do anything about the past. I don't. uh, The past doesn't matter. That past doesn't equal your future. And you need a good balance of all those things. Right. But one thing that I've you know, I noticed or identified is that I've been concentrating too much in the future like worried about what's to come, what's going to happen. I'm always trying to be in front of things. So if there's a problem, then, you know, I can be in front of it. I'll know what to say. I'll know what to do and all of those things. And so uh, I just identified I need to be more in the present. How do I be in the present state that I'm in right now? And then what is being in the future? How is that affecting your relationships even? Because it's like, man, I don't have bad relationships, but they can be better, right? I can enrich those things. I want to have deep relationships with people. And so now I can identify why that possibly is that some of those that I'm not having the fulfilled, the fulfillment in those relationships uh, that I could actually have to experience all of that. And so that's, yeah, one of the big things that I pulled out of out of that is just concentrating too much in the future, staying in the present. Yeah, I think it's a balance between you need to know what you want that future to look like, but then the that's the you know how do you say it? So that's the results, right? You want to know you have to have an idea what you want the results to be, but then to bring yourself to the present, you have to act. You have to have actions. Just having this picture of what you know, it's the idea of, and this is where my disconnect with the secret is, right? Like just thinking it isn't going to make it happen. There has to be an action involved in it. You know, I can think I want to have the perfect relationship with my wife, but if I don't do anything just because I think it or see it isn't, isn't going to make it. I have, I have responsibility. I have, there's actions that I need to take to make that happen. Yeah. The main piece for me is just thinking I keep putting in, I often put into uh, the thing is that I'm going to be happy when this happens you know? Okay. I even use like the Super Bowl example, right? Like, oh, we want to win the Super Bowl. When I win the Super Bowl, I'm going to be excited. Or once I have like, whatever, five, 50,000 doors, you know, I've owned three apartment complexes, then I'm going to be happy. But the thing is, is like those things don't make us happy. And that was really one of the points we drove home. He drove home is that have you ever accomplished something that you really, really wanted to accomplish, right? How long did that feeling last? <laughs> and I think, and he asked everybody, right? The cool thing about this event is there's 10,000 people there and you can see people raise their hands on what different things are. And I think the the longest time I think was maybe, what was it like a month, maybe? A month was probably the longest it the feeling lasted when somebody accomplished something really great, right? 
Yeah, the way he does it, he starts off by like, you know, did that feeling last six months or six years? Did it last six months? Did it last six days? Did it last six hours? Did it, you know, he kind of just breaks it all down into, and so many times it doesn't last very long at all. Yeah. And so the point there is like, we're spending all this time trying to get to a destination and you already have, or at least for me, I already have everything that I need and I want. I am already who I need to be, right? So it's not that I'm not going to go after these things, but being in the present moment, like I was saying, that's that's really the key point for me that I pulled away out of that. Yeah, so this is, uh, you know, we're what, 30 minutes into the podcast and we, uh, we're we on day one. <laughs> yeah, we're on day one. That's yeah. exactly right. So moving on to day, why don't we go ahead and go hit day two and day three, right? Day two is about, the way they kind of set this up is you you're you're at a place right now and then there's a place you want to be at. And so now you have a gap. There's a gap in between. And so the second day is really all about closing the gap between where you are and where you want to be at. Right. And so, yeah. What would you get? What would you get from day two? I guess we could say. And day two, Tony actually does not talk on day two. He talks on day one and he talks on day three. He's got two other speakers that speak for him. Joseph McClendon III and uh, Scott. I don't remember Scott's last name, but I just I love Joseph. So yeah, they they're good. Um, and uh, one of the things that uh, a couple people have said, I'm like, oh yeah, Tony's not there day two. What you you don't know Tony Robbins? He's not there day two. Like you have to remember the way his events are. Like I just told you, he gave us 14 hours straight on day one. So he may not be on the stage every day, but I'll guarantee you, if you go to a four day seminar, you're not going to get the hours you get from him because <laughs> I'm telling you, that guy is a machine. <laughs> and when I say we did 14 hours, he was there the whole time. Even when we went out to do the fire walk, he was out there talking. Yeah. So we got more hours in a four day seminar. We got more hours from Tony in the two days he was on stage than most seminars you're going to get for the full four days. So day two, yeah, closing the gap, you know, they talked about three beliefs for lasting success. And so that was big for me in the idea of like, I want success, but then, you know, some of those limiting beliefs come in and, you know, start, you know, I don't know that I can maintain this. I can't sustain it. And, you know, and that's where we started getting some of that past, you know, future conversation as well. That was day two. Yeah. The big thing I think in day two for me is they talk about like, how do you get lasting change? And it's, it's really about conditioning too, but how do you get lasting change is that you have to change your, your language is that I got from it. You have to change. They say you have to change your shoulds from must. Right. And the, the quote that everybody says is that we like should all over ourselves is the, yeah. the funny thing that everybody likes to say. And what that means is, is rather than saying, like, if there's something you want to change, you know, like I should get up at five o'clock every morning so I can make sure, you know, I have my quiet time and then I get my day ready and I get to exercise and do all that stuff. You have to change that to a must. I must get up at five o'clock. And when you think about that, that changes, that literally changes everything. Because when you, they take you back and they they always have you go through like times in the past and all that. If I go back and I think about times that I've had a lot of change for myself, it is the times where I'm like, this is not, 
I'm not living like this anymore. You know, I'm just, I just can't take it anymore. And, and what Tony said is when you look at it and the past looks like it's, it's not bearable, the present isn't bearable and the future isn't bearable. That's when you'll make a change. And that's when you say this must change. And so when I look at it here, he says, you have to get leverage on whatever the situation is. And if, if you can't, you must. And then you have to interrupt the interrupt the pattern. And then you have to create an empowering or an alternative pattern and then reinforce it. And so you've got to figure out a way to break that pattern. So we look, you know, you spoke a little bit earlier about like when I get angry, what triggers my anger? And so you've got to, you know, sometimes do a little bit of thinking on this. Like, what do I get triggered by? And when I get triggered, what happens and what emotions do I get? And then how do you interrupt that? Because when you interrupt it, it like scrambles everything. And then, you know, changing from your shoulds to a must. Yeah, it goes back to like when I stick my tongue out, like how am I going to disrupt that pattern? And he said, uh, do like find that pattern that, you know, that that physical thing that happens to you when an emotion that you don't want is happening and change the pattern. He talked about how when he's mad, he like uses his left hand to, you know, point and talk with his left hand. And he changed it to his right hand. And, and he goes, and then it just didn't have any of the same effect. Like it wasn't powerful to him and it just got him out of his pattern. And so like me, I was sticking my tongue out. And then the one thing that I got was instead of like, you stick your tongue out, you're mad. So instead of doing that, you like do one of, do one of those things instead. Like, how are you going to make that noise and be mad? Right. I mean, that's just like ridiculous. Like, I mean, embarrassed even to do it right here, you know? And so you just got to find that, you know, the, the disrupt in there. This was the day that a lot of stuff came together for me because I know, you know, I've been working hard on, on, you know, changing some limiting beliefs. And, you know, we've talked uh, in the past about your, um, the pattern. Uh, what do they call that? Why am I drawing a blank on it? The, what do you do when you try to self, oh, your self-sabotage pattern is that, you know, I've been doing really good on like what I want my future to look like, creating the vision, reviewing it, having passion. You know, we talk a ton in our industry about you got to know your why. And so, you know, I know, you know, I've got some good handle on that. I've got the passion. What And so the next piece is you have to take massive action. And that's the like, I'm just I'm tippy toeing around some areas in my life that I just need to get after. And that was the part that like, I mean, I got it circled like 12 times here in my book, massive action. So I've got a real good foundation, but now it's, you know, I've got to take the massive action. And I'm not talking because I work hard. I work hard every day, but I need to take like this vision of what massive action is. It has to change for me and what I'm doing to get to take it and to be able to have success on the levels that I have a vision for. Yeah, all that's really good. And then you go into day three, right? Day three is transformation day. It says uh, eliminating eliminating your inner conflicts. So if you have any any conflicts within yourself, if you're like double minded on anything, that's going to stop you. Like you can't uh, say I want to. You know, the the number one is making money. You can't say I want to make a lot of money and then think all oh, rich people are bad or like you have a problem with rich people or talk about people who have a lot of money because that's a conflict there that is not congruent, that's going to keep you from 
getting where you need to be. And it's in the subconscious mind, right? You could say things and do things consciously, but in your subconscious mind, that's what's going to be holding you back, right? And so, man, this day three is, uh, to me, I mean, this is the hardest. <laughs> like, I, I always say, like, this is like an emotional event. Like, this is like one of the hardest days of all. The only way you'll know is if you go to the event, you know, I can't, I can't describe it. Like I can try to describe it, but this is, this is one of the processes. It's called the Dickens process is what it's called. And this is one of the main reasons, other main reasons why I go to this event is really for this one particular technique that goes on. You did not give me a heads up on this. I did give you a heads up. I don't think not this thing, like, transformation day like we talked about thursday being a long day and friday was a you know man saturday was intense like it was started eight o'clock seven o'clock uh doors were at eight yeah i think you know nine nine thirty is when it kicked off and and i'm not even i don't even know that the time because the time really like we talked about we've been to seminars and the idea of like man 14 hours in the seminar like this isn't like any other seminar you've been to. This isn't like a conference that you've been to, any training. This is way different. The time really does fly by. The time is, I think, an irrelevant to the conversation. For me, this day was like intense. Like it was like you really had to engage some things uh, about your beliefs and limiting beliefs and walking through it. And so that's kind of, I think, where you're headed with that, with the conversation. But I wanted to tip off that. I don't think you gave me a proper warning for day three. (laughs) It's all all good. Well, now, you know, well, yeah. And this is, this is the part where you get into like your limiting beliefs and what you truly believe and what do you need to change in order to uh, get to where you, where you want to go. Our beliefs are, man, uh, our beliefs are just a feeling of certainty, right? But your beliefs have been, conditioned into you from so many different places that you don't even know about. Like when you look at it, like sometimes you, I think about things after going through this and I'm like, man, where, where did I even believe that from? I don't know. It's, it didn't come from me. I just, it was just given to me from somewhere. And um, yeah. And so the, the process that you go, that you go through here is uh, because that's challenging who you are as an actual person especially when you start talking about what you say and what you do. So the process that you go through here is um, they sit you down, they get you all in here. And then basically you go through a process that says, if you don't get done what you say you want to get done, what is the absolute worst thing that can happen? And there's 10,000 pe- 10, people in this room and uh, you're going through that process. And, and the only thing I'll say is it's it's super, to, for me, it's always like super emotional, right? Because it involves my family, it involves myself and, and all of those things. But yeah, that process is, is, is one, for the, uh, one for the ages for sure. So here, and when we're talking about these limiting beliefs, then, you know, so when Jacoby talks about, you know, if, if you don't get done what you want to get done, what's the absolute worst that can happen? Well, it starts with these limiting beliefs. Like what are the limiting beliefs in your life? And I know of some limiting beliefs that I hold and that I've had, but where he took it to the next step was I didn't realize how they stack on top of each other. And so like, I have this limiting belief of how I handle money. I have this limiting belief about, 
you know, my weight, I have this limiting belief about, you know, my relationships, but the way he had you walk through it, I started to see how those stack on top of each other and the three stacked on top of each other are way more powerful of a negative force against me than if they're just sitting there individually. And so that's how I really had to attack them in the process that he walked you through when, you know, and this is the part that was pretty intense for me. You know, Jacoby said, you know, what's the worst that can happen to you if you don't get what you want? You know, for me, I looked at it a little bit differently. I heard the question, what's the worst that can happen if you continue to believe that? If you live mm-hmm. that belief out, what's the worst that could happen? And that was awful. And the thing that makes him really, really good at what he does, most people don't let you sit in the negative for a very long time. Man, he made me he made us camp out in that negative. Like he wanted to create that fear of not succeeding, of of living out that limiting belief in your life. Like he wanted you to sit there like you know, if you keep believing that, what's your life going to look in five years? What's going to look like in 10? What's it going to look like in 20? And so like for me with my weight, like I, I started going down this trail of like, you know, people think like, you know, they say all the time, oh, if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to die. Man, I quickly realized in this exercise, like death isn't the worst that could happen to me. That would be the worst for my people, but it's not the worst for me. Like the worst for me was like, I started picturing myself like, all of a sudden I end up with like bad knees or I have, I get an injury and then I can't recover properly from it. And 10 years, I've got to be in one of those scooters when I go to the store, cause I can't walk around the store. And like my wife leaves me because like I, I bring no value and I end up in the living room of my one son who I think will take me, but I can't do anything. And so I'm sitting in like my real, like he's got a room for me and I'm sitting in that room in my scooter by the window like watching him play with his kids and I got to just sit in the room and watch it. And so like, like I've never thought anything like that before until he kept saying, what's, you know, what's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that can happen? What's going to look like in 10 years? What's going to look like in 20 years? And that was really, really crazy for me. <laughs> yeah, man. That's um, because oftentimes we, we think about it, right? We think we say, we think about those things. And then we all know that the worst the worst thing that can happen is for you to have regrets, right? We we hear that all the time is that, you know, people who have tons of money, they say they, you know, they didn't wish they would have spent more time with the people that they loved and they wish they would have done these things. But m- most of the time you don't get to have that experience until it actually happens, right? And so going to this event actually allows you to have an environment and to experience that before it actually happens in your life, because we're always we're always conjuring up all these pictures of what we want and what we see and all that, you know, and I'm I'm a pretty positive person. So I'm just I just kind of positively or at least after I've gone to all these events. So now I'm not looking at the negative stuff. I'm just trying to, you know, say I can do all these things. But sometimes you need that little bit of power, like firepower behind you to remind you of why you need to do these things. You don't want a crisis to actually have to happen to you for you to actually get things right, you know? And and that was really one of my, me and one of my buddies used to talk about this all the time is like, man, we don't want God to have to do something to us in order for us to get it right. You know, like how many times do you talk to people like, man, this happened in my life. 
And that's why I do this because it sears it on your brain as to, and then you have conviction behind that, right? You have the certainty behind that. It makes me think of uh, Kent Clothier when he talks about, you know, when he was in that airplane and that's why he says the time is now and why he does everything now, because he was on an airplane and I, I don't remember what happened. I think the airplane caught fire and there's like smoke coming out of the back of the airplane coming towards the cockpit. And he has this experience and that's what changes him forever. Right. And so, you know, we don't want to have to have something happen to us in order for us to have to get our lives right. You know, and so that's why I love this event. That's why I love what Tony does. And I also think that's why that's why I say it's not motivation. Right. Like he's not motivating me to make these changes. What he's done is he's helped put me in a situation where I can actually use what I already have and get to where I want to be at. And so that's really the main. Now, when people say, man, it's are you all motivated? I'm like, no, man, I'm not. I'm not motivated. I'm like, I got conviction and I'm like certain about what I need to do now. That is 100 percent correct. I think the the best thing I've seen online to give anybody an understanding of Tony is the uh, I'm not your guru on Netflix. It gives you just a glimpse of what like one of his events is like. And um, now that I've been to one, you know, it means even more, but it did give me a a good idea of what some things to expect. What I did not expect was the room to be that ice cold. (laughs) As somebody who does not get cold very often, (laughs) I was like, what in the world? It is so cold in there. Yeah, that's why they say Tony's an alien. So I, the only other thing I want to talk about here real quick is on the last day, on the last day, um, <laughs> we also got to talk about, it actually wasn't the last day. It was the last day for us. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, we actually did not go to the last day of the event. We uh, it, it had been a long week. The week before for me was already crazy enough. I had a lot of stuff going on. Honestly, I, I didn't I didn't really want to be away from my family, uh, but I just know how good this event is. Uh, so that's why I had to go. And so uh, Jerry and I actually cut our cut our event short. We missed Pitbull came and he and he uh, mm-hmm. he performed. So we missed Pitbull <clears throat> Pitbull. But, you know, it's all good. I came for a reason and I got out what I needed to get out, you know, for for why I was there. But the last thing I wanted to talk about is how they talked about these two, a two millimeter shift can be the change in everything. Right. And the reason why I say that is, is I feel like that's where I'm at at the moment. I'm making these small minor shifts uh, because they say, you know, you used to could do like you could be good and get good results, you know, and but now in today's world, because of how quickly things move and all that, if you're good, you get bad results. And then the next level above good is great. So you go from good to great. But now if you're great, you get good results. And then from great, the next is outstanding. And so for you to be outstanding, you've got to do things a little bit differently. But the key here is that to go from great to outstanding, it's actually only a two millimeter shift, right? They talk about Tiger Woods and how he changed his swing when he was the best golfer in the world. You know, it's like, why does the best golfer in the world change their golf swing at the height of their career? And then once you change your golf swing, you actually become worse before you actually get better, right? And the point is, is like he only he only made a few shifts in his golf swing and what he did. 
but he made those shifts so he could be outstanding. He made that change so he could be outstanding. He was already great, but he wanted to be outstanding in order to do that. And so um, there are only these two millimeter shifts or you look at how when you're traveling in a plane, when you take off, a lot of times the plane is pilots talk about this. They're often always off course. Right. But if you have like a little shift in where you are, if you take that out over a long distance, you will actually be a long way away from where you want to be at. And so they're always making these little corrections whenever they're flying the plane, right? You got to have those check-ins and make those little corrections. And so that was one of the huge other markers that that uh, I took away from the last day we were there. Yeah, it, it was crazy. You talk about that last day where we, we didn't make our last day for us. When we got back to the hotel, I was cooked. I mean, it, just, it was mentally exhausting. I think that goes to that I think showed that I went in and I played all out when I was there. Um, and the, you know, especially the mental part, like I, I took every session, every, you know, all the, you know, as we progressed through the, the three days, I took all of them and bought in 100% that this was going to make me better and, and help me move some things forward that I've been in some areas that I've been stuck on. And so I was exhausted. I was cooked. Yeah. Yeah. We got back to the hotel room. (laughs) It was so funny, man. You just, you, you were not there for sure. So it was good. So that's kind of our time at Tony Robbins UPW event. And what I would tell you is if you have the chance to do it, you should do the event. Now they're doing a lot of virtual events. So I have never done a virtual event. I'm sure they are good, but you have to go to one live. And the thing I'll say is, I don't know how long Tony's going to be doing this much longer. I mean, he's he's getting older. He's had a lot of, he's been doing it for a long time. His voice is kind of, you know, he's losing his voice a little bit. Plus he had that thing with the mercury where he he's having a lot of side effects from when he got the uh, mercury poisoning. So if you've ever thought about it, it's something you should do and you should do it as soon as you can. And remember to play all out whenever you do it for sure. You got anything to add on that? No, that's it, man. I'm still processing a ton from it. So I think you were pretty spot on there. Awesome. So, yeah, so that was our event at UP-Dub. And it was an awesome time. I hope you guys enjoyed this version of the podcast. I want to know what you took from this. I want to know if you have thought about going to a Tony Robbins event. So connect with us. You know where you can connect with us at. That's over at our Facebook group for Epic Agent Success over on Facebook. And if you got any value from this, I know it's going to spark up some ideas and how you can make changes in your life as well. Uh, If you got anything from this, you can always leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast at. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Epic Agent Success Podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you've received value today, we hope you'll give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget, we love sharing our experiences and offering tips to agents looking to grow. So come join us on our Facebook page, the Epic Agent Success Podcast, and stay connected.